Hi, my name is Renee, and you're listening to the Anything But Appliances podcast, episode three, Florida, which is a special episode. I'm actually recording this little clip at the beginning after we had recorded the episode because there are two important things that I wanted to mention. First, regarding the topic of this episode and how we recorded it, Bex and I went to Florida recently and we wanted to have a conversation about it. So we decided to record that conversation, but at the time we weren't together. So we did this episode over a Zoom call and the audio is going to be a little bit different than normal. So just know that going forward, we're probably going to try to record more episodes over a Zoom call. That way it's a little bit easier on both of us because we don't physically have to be in the same place at the same time just to record a podcast episode. But in this episode, it was the very first time that we did all of this. So if there are any audio discrepancies, I do apologize. We will have a video version uploaded to YouTube as well that will have subtitles. So if any of this is difficult for you to understand in the audio, feel free to check out our YouTube. It's at anything but appliances and you can find episode three there with subtitles. Secondly, and very importantly, I wanted to give a content warning before you listen to this episode. In this episode, we discuss what's currently happening in Florida. We touch on politics, homophobia, mental health, and some other themes that may be difficult or triggering for some people to hear. So before listening to this episode, please make sure you're in a decent headspace to do so. And if you need to take a break or to skip this episode entirely, that is okay. Mental health matters. All right. That being said, here's episode three. Hi, my name is Renee. Hi, my name's Bex. And this is episode three of the Anything But Appliances podcast, which is a special episode about Florida. So we, uh, Becky and I both went to Florida. Um, I went from the, what, from the 16th to the 28th or something like that. And you were kind of in the middle. You were like the 17th. To the 24th, 25th, 25th. Something like that. So they overlapped. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we went to Florida and we planned our trips at the same time because Becky was already going to go to Books, Gowns, and Crowns. So you want to explain what that is? That is a book convention and fantasy ball. That was in Tampa, Florida this year, which was awesome. I went as the personal assistant to one of my best friends in the writing world, Ophelia Wells Langley, and it was a lot of fun. And we got to dress up and go dance and mingle with like-minded book people (laughs) and hang out with you and take prom photos. But we'll get to that later. For sure. (laughs) And then I went down to Florida because I was already uh, my my I was born and raised in Florida. So I moved out of Florida when I was 21 and I moved to Connecticut and I've been here ever since, but my mom and my brother are still in Florida. I still have a lot of friends and family that are down in Florida. Uh, And I already knew that I wanted to visit them because it had been even longer than I had thought. I didn't realize until I was actually in Florida and talking to people that I hadn't been there since 2015. So it had been eight years (laughs) since I had seen anybody or talked to anybody um for me it was partially because I couldn't afford it and then the pandemic happened so it's like okay cool back-to-back things of why I can't so it's kind of was the first opportunity that I could visit everybody which was unfortunate timing considering the way things are going in Florida but I definitely didn't want to wait any longer and figured that if Bex was already going to be in Florida anyway and I was already going to go to Florida that I might as well just plan my trip around hers so that's what we wound up doing and it was very bittersweet (laughs) like we had fun we had a lot of fun and we did a lot of really fun things but like we also 
that like there were a lot of heavy moments too. <laughs> but that's kind of why we wanted to make this episode about Florida and about our trip because I know that we were just talking about it right before we started recording the podcast, but uh, it was very, very heavy for both of us in a lot of different ways because I was, you know, I lived in Florida for 21 years and Becky, what you lived in Florida for five. Yep. In Jacksonville. Yeah. So Becky was up in Jacksonville. I was down in like the Tampa area, but both of us do have um, pasts in Florida for sure. (laughs) And I, while we were down there, there were a couple of posts that I wound up making about being in Florida. Um, And one thing I did definitely want to talk about too, just on the podcast in general, because I know that people were concerned for me when I was posting when I was in Florida, because I I went live a couple of times, I posted a couple of things and they were like, oh, be careful, you know, don't post about where you are. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, for, first of all, I'm not going to say, hey, I'm on vacation if my house is completely empty. Like, my partner was home. Right. Same. <laughs> I, had, I had people that were just like, you, you need to make sure that people don't know that your house is empty while you're gone. I'm like, it's it's not, though. So we're yeah. good. My favorites was the people that were like, oh, looks like you're having so much fun. I hate for that to be ruined when you get home and your house is robbed. It's like, mm-hmm. go away. <laughs> not that. Exactly. No. So like, you know, we're, we're adults, we're in our mid thirties. Like we, we, and you know, I want to bring it up on the podcast because some people are not aware. And I very much understand that these people had good intentions. However, the way that they went about it was exceptionally rude because they, it wasn't just like, Hey, maybe don't post that, you know, for safety reasons. It was like what you just said, like, Oh, your house is going to get broken into. Like, it was just rude. Yeah. I can't with some people. I don't get it. But um, every time that I went live, I made sure that my camera was posting in a direction that everything behind me was exceptionally plain and boring. Like every background that I had, it could be any house in Tampa. It didn't have to be the one I was in. You couldn't tell. Yeah, for sure. We've, and, we've definitely done this before. We we know how to be safe adults in an internet world. We We, we grew up with it. We, this is, we we were in the ASL chat rooms. <laughs> day, we, we've got this. I hey, I I still have friends from back in that like that day, like that I I talked to when I was like thirty. It was not safe. It was that was not safe. We don't do that. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> but even like the the videos that I posted of inside the Airbnbs, I didn't post them until we had left. Yeah. Like any details inside, I don't post that until we're gone because I'm very well aware of the fact that if you just pop a screenshot of that into like a Google image search, if it's close enough to the interior design of the stock photos or not the stock photos, but like the listing photos of that Airbnb, people can figure it out. <laughs> like I, yeah. I'm aware yeah. that people can do that. I know that people like I, I understand how that works. Um, and I we we did go to two different Airbnbs, which was a little bit confusing because I did, while I was still in Florida, I was posting some stuff from like inside my Airbnb, but we had already checked out of that one because yeah. what we did, so we, we had the, and this was something that like, I think a lot of people didn't really understand. And I didn't want to explain it while I was still on vacation because that's another thing that I was being smart about. I was like, I'm not going to tell everyone my travel plans. I'm not going to tell everybody that I'm going to be in two Airbnbs and why. I didn't even tell anybody the dates that we were in Florida until literally now, until after we're back. That's kind of the only time that I said the exact dates. Or if if I said my own dates, I at least never said yours. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was very conscious of that. <laughs> so like nobody has to worry about us. We're good. But we we did the um the first Airbnb because that was me, Becky, Lacey, and Ophelia. And the four of us were in that Airbnb while they were doing books, gowns, and crowns. And then after books, gowns, and crowns ended, we all checked out of that Airbnb because Ophelia and Lacey were leaving. And there was no sense in us staying in an Airbnb that was going to cost us more than if we found a slightly smaller Airbnb that cost less. <laughs> so especially for the length of time that we were staying, it'd be different if it was one, if it was one or two days, but it was like an entire additional week. So so that was why we did what we did. It was safe. Um, but even aside from like, like that's the people that did have good intentions, <laughs> presumably. presumably. But there were a few people that I got comments from that were incredibly rude, that were judging me from going to Florida. I had people say, oh, you're vacationing in Florida. I used to like your content, but I'll have to think on that. And it's like, my God, like, <laughs> is there nothing that like once I exist on the internet, I can't be critical. Like, I, I'm just going to be criticized for everything. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's, but, and I understand because I don't agree with the government that's going, like the stuff that's happening with the government in Florida. Becky doesn't agree with that. Um. But, you know, there's so much more nuance to it than just, oh, I'm going to vacation in Florida and spend money there because that's absolutely not what it was. Like I was visiting family and friends. Becky was visiting the place that, you know, she hasn't been in a long time and she was going for a convention that is, you know, that's that's your your whole passion anyway. And it was people that you had never met before. And it was it was a big deal. And I think what a lot of people see when they see my. Uh, my TikTok and my social media stuff is they think of me not as a person, but as a brand. So they see Renee, the appliance repair tech, the brand going to Florida. And to them, that's like, this brand supports hate. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, have you watched my content? For, for you're like you're tossing a picket line or something. It, it really is. And that's that's what drives me crazy about it, though, is that I know so many people that are also getting judged for going to Florida when at the end of the day, you don't know somebody's backstory. You don't know their reasons for visiting Florida. I, my family and my friends there, I don't know if it's going to be safe to visit them in the next few months or the next few years. I genuinely don't know. And like, I'm a bisexual woman and I have a shaved, like dyed... I look very alternative. So like going to Florida was, yeah, like a little bit scary for me. The only reason why I was confident enough to go is because I know that I have a support system down there. I don't think that I would have stayed down there as long if I didn't have as many family and friends though. Mm. Because having that support system and knowing that I have people to fall back on if the shit hits the van <laughs> is good. Yeah. But that's that's why we wanted to make this episode three because becky and i talked about it we've been talking about it all week since we got back and it's like this is the we, we just need to sit down and talk about this because this is something that people need to hear yeah, they need to remember that there's people down there can't just write off the whole state you know people say oh well they're allowing this to happen they're not voting no they are voting so you know it's they've gerrymandered the fuck out of florida so like the people who are voting, most of their votes don't matter as much as they should because it's just all rigged at this point. 
And then those people are just stuck with no voice, no say in things, but we're supposed to just write them off because of what the other idiots there are doing. That's not fair. Yeah. It's it's judging that there there I I had to like look it up because I I know that Florida's big but I wasn't sure how many people were there. There's 21 million people in Florida. <laughs> like it's not 21 million DeSantis supporters. It's 21 million people who have whole ass lives and whole ass families and may not have the option to leave regardless of whether or not they support the government there. And those people, especially like their businesses and their livelihood, just saying as a blanket statement, don't go to Florida, period, hard stop. It's like, okay, so you don't agree with what's going on with the government there. So you're going to punish everyone. <laughs> like, yeah. if you don't want to go to Florida, you don't have to go to Florida. I'm not saying like, go to Florida, <laughs> obviously, like, even if you if you feel unsafe, don't go to Florida for sure. But don't judge somebody for going to Florida if you don't know. Like, if they're going to Florida to specifically go support DeSantis, that's a different story. Yeah, that's completely different. I hope they find alligators. Um, anyways. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> um. But so I the one question that was um, kind of rattling around in my brain, too, because I know that I had a lot of expectations and things about what going to Florida was going to be like. So, like, I'm going to ask you this first and then I'll give my answer. But before we left for the trip, what did you think that the Florida trip was going to be like as compared to what it actually was while we were there? Well, I really wasn't sure. Like, you don't know how far the hate has spread. Like I knew that Tampa is a blue area. I knew that, you know, it's a major city. So of course there's going to be some more diversity and stuff, but like, I don't know how, I didn't know how hateful people were going to be. I didn't know if we we're going to need to be like practically like chained to our Airbnbs and having stuff delivered because it wasn't safe to go out and do anything. I didn't know, you know, as a queer woman, as a parent of a trans child, I didn't know, what was going to be safe for me? Like, you know, what if I'm just out casually talking about my child with my best friend and happened to use the word transgender, you know, like, am I going to get shot or something? Like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I really didn't. And, you know, I was hoping we're going to a blue area. I'm hoping that we're going to be, it's going to be okay. But like, just, I don't know. Is it just the wild west down there now? I'm like, it's the, it's the wild south yeah <laughs> that's you have the south and then florida is the wild south <laughs> yes yes i feel like that's that's even though i lived there for a lot longer than you do, did and we were going to a city that i was born and raised in and around I was like, I was definitely very conscious of the fact that I hadn't been there in so long and I hadn't been there since, um, you know, before the pandemic began. So I was just like, I don't know how that will have changed things. I don't, I, and, and, you know, I went and visited Tory in Kentucky last year and there were places that, you know, like I'm, I'm still masking in public spaces, um, you know, it, it, especially if they're like crowded. A lot of times I won't even go into crowds. It just depends on where I am and what I'm doing and how I feel like it, it is. I was very afraid that because uh, when I was in Kentucky, Kentucky is a much redder state than than Florida is in general. Or it was. I don't know. We'll see. But <laughs> it was a much redder state. And um, 
like nobody wore masks. And this was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't go into a whole lot of public places because I didn't really feel comfortable not masking at that point in time. I was only there for a weekend, but um, the one place that I did go into, I was genuinely afraid that if I wore a mask, I was going to have somebody be aggressive towards me. So I was like, I don't know if Florida's going to be like that. Yeah. And I like, I'm just glad that it seems like for the most part, it it felt a little safer than I was worried that it might. I didn't think that it was going to be, you know, a completely different thing than what it was, was but I knew that it was going to be a lot less accepting and open than Connecticut. And yeah. I will say, too, after after you went home, because you had your Taylor Swift concert, <laughs> um, when my mom and I went to Tarpon Springs, and and for anybody that doesn't know, Tarpon Springs is this little, um, they, they have sponge docks. They actually, like, it's very Greek, um, exceptionally Greek, Greek culture there, and they have sponge fishing boats. <laughs> so they have the Tarpon Springs sponge docks, and it's this one strip, and there's a lot of shopping, and it's a cute little Greek town. And when my mom and I were going through the shops and just kind of like the entire trip that we were down there in general, if we were purchasing something from a business, I was trying to be conscious of whether or not it was a good business to support, which was why I had brought you to places like La France and stuff like that, because I know that those are LGBT friendly places and they're people that need our support anyway. So why not spend money with them? Um, Mm -hmm. When my mom and I were in Tarpon Springs, there was one shop that I had, I was browsing through and I had a dress in my hand and I was this close to buying the dress and we get all the way to the back of the shop and they have this entire corner that's pro-Trump t-shirts and hats and and all sorts of merch. And one of the shirts was just like, the silent majority supports Trump. And I'm like, okay, putting this dress back, we're not buying anything from you guys. (laughs) And a lot of the state is right-leaning. I know that, I'm aware of that. Um, but you know, at the very least, I don't want to buy from a store that has it right out in the open, even if it's back in a corner, it's there, it's available. For like sure. it's not hard to find. Yeah, no, that's no. And there are plenty of other businesses on that strip that I know are LGBT friendly. And it seems like that strip, the businesses were more likely to have something out front that indicated which way they leaned, which yeah. was wild to me. Because there were ones that were like pro gun shirts and stuff like that. And then you'd go to the next business and they have like a rainbow. And it's like, okay, you you can kind of tell <laughs> which one is it. But that that was what was weird though, is because Tarpon Springs is not Tampa. So it's yeah. not in the blue dot. And granted, we were in a pretty touristy strip. So most people try to kind of like stay on the fence because they're like, well, this is tourism and we want to make sure that like people buy things. <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting, though, seeing that shift because I didn't really go, aside from when you and I went up a little bit north up to like Lutz and Lando Lakes, we didn't really leave Tampa. And Tampa's like one of the slightly safer places right now. So going to Tarpon Springs and then when my mom and I, because my mom and I went and when we were driving back, we drove past so many churches. Like church across the street from a church few miles down another church across the street from another church like lots 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 of churches so i was like oh we are we're in a real red part right now so and and 
I've been to Tarpon Springs plenty of times when I was younger, when I, I don't ever recall there being that many churches and I don't like, so there I was at least able to certainly see a difference. And I know that you and I also like talked to a lot of people and got their perspectives on that too. But it's, I feel like overall it wasn't as, I don't want to say it wasn't as scary and dangerous as we thought it was going to be because it kind of was a little bit, but it was also, we were smart enough to know that Tampa is not one of the bad places, um, mm. at least comparatively. Yeah. So it's, it it's weird. It's, it's, it, I feel like in terms of my expectations versus reality, it wasn't entirely what I expected, but I feel like overall I was very happy with everything when I don't want to move to Florida ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And, and like the, the bittersweet was like, we were having fun. We were doing vacation things, but when you're doing touristy things, you don't necessarily realize what's going on in the rest of the state because tourism is an entirely different that's that's like Willy Wonka world that's it's not the same (laughs) so I you know I think you and I were both acutely conscious of that because we have lived in Florida in the past and you lived in a much redder area than I did Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah Hmm. (laughs) yeah I've I lived in Jacksonville itself for a few years but for like a year or two I was living in Yulee which is just north of Jacksonville that name just it, it if you had to say the name of that and ask me if I thought it was more left leaning or right leaning, like it's the easy answer. <laughs> yeah. And so like a friend in Dean Beach was also like right next to us, and that was more touristy, so it wasn't as bad, but you leave. Oh, oh, and that's coming from somebody who grew up in Nacogdoches, Texas. So yep. Ooh. So we we are no strangers to uh, being left leaning people in right leaning areas by bigots. Yes, which is why we left them in the first place. But you know, kind of like coming back to to the point of all of that though is that you know we used to live in those places. We got lucky that we were able to get out of those places. Not yes. everybody is lucky enough to have the opportunities to leave. So it's just, it's wild to me that people are judging everyone in the state for DeSantis. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, to be fair, you know, I might've been in that crowd before the trip. Like, you know, I was quick to be like, oh, you know, fuck Florida. Whenever Mm -hmm. I saw what they were doing, um, this trip had been so long in the works and it was planned before any of that started. And so much money was spent on it that I was like, no, I, I need to see this through. I'm going to be going with Renee. So I was probably a bit more in that camp before we left. And I can say that I'm that definitely not the same. So there, there's one place that expectation and reality were <laughs> very different came out, came out of it very differently minded. Well, and, and you know that like this, I, I, the second that I was born, I swear I didn't want to live in Florida. Like the 21 years that I was in Florida, <laughs> I didn't enjoy it. I wanted to leave the entire because my whole family's from Connecticut. So I'm like, why? Why are we here? <laughs> but so the so second bad. that I had an opportunity to leave, I did. And yeah. I think one thing that actually, you know what? That's that's a really that's pretty much my whole expectation versus reality shift. There is that I expected to have fun 
I was a little bit worried about, you know, the state of things, but I was really excited to see people and talk to people. I didn't realize just how heavy it was going to be. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize just how hard that trip was going to be for my mental health because just some of the conversations that we have, which we'll get into a little bit later in this episode, but um, some of the conversations that we had with people were so incredibly heartbreaking and it's people that I have personal connections to. So it's, it's, it was a lot. And like, you know, you might not have a direct connection to them, but like you, you are like close enough to all of these people yeah. to where it's, it was heavy for you too. And, and coming back home, I, the first few days I was incredibly depressed, depressed and anxious. And I still am a little bit, I'm just, it's a little bit better the more that I talk about it, but it has just been the week of processing all of the many emotions from that trip because it was such a bigger deal than I think I had originally thought it was going to be. Yeah. So it was a lot. It's a lot. So while we were there, I did mention that we stayed in two different Airbnbs. <laughs> so yeah. you want to talk about these uh, these two Airbnbs, maybe about the the first one that we were at? Yeah, the first one was super cute. It was really nice. Renee and I shared a room, which was fun. Um, and it was a comfy bed. Uh-huh, I think it was a little bed. too soft, though. Kind of hurt my back a little bit, but like it was comfy. I fell asleep easily each night. Um, it was so much fun. That's where we stayed for Books, Gowns, and Crowns, which was incredible. Ophelia, Lacey, and I would go off every morning and leave Renee by herself to her lonesome to do to make content for all of you lovely people um and every day that they were gone like the whole entire day I I didn't I barely left that Airbnb while we were staying there I because I I I can't talk about it in detail yet but I had a project that I'm working on that I had to uh I had I had some submission due dates while we were still in Florida but like I, I knew about that going into it and you know it was communicated but yeah I just I kind of worked the whole time yeah, the, so the first Airbnb was, it was fun. We got to, Lacey cooked for us a few nights. It was really good food. Um, we had a Pride and Prejudice viewing party, which if you haven't seen the recap of that on TikTok or Instagram or wherever you consume your Renee media, you should probably go do that because it's chef's kiss. <laughs> look at the, look at the, look at the. Please. It was so funny. It was, it was. <laughs> For for just like the the vague context, um, I have never seen or had never seen, nor have I ever read Pride and Prejudice, and the three other people in the Airbnb, Becky, Ophelia, and Lacey, um, all love that movie so much. Like they've seen it, they've seen it many many times, many times. You want to talk about something people had online opinions about? Oh my gosh! That we we made that video just to be like lighthearted and fun because we knew that it was going to be silly, and it was incredibly enjoyable for all of us. Um, we had discussed before even hitting play that you know what level of interaction from them was going to be okay for me to be able to enjoy the movie. So you know it it was all consensual. That was that was the level of of engagement that she wanted and people we did not have time to watch the mini series so yes we, we love colin firth 
we did not have that much time. So obviously we went with the 2005 beautiful so for, adaptation. For more context, because Bex is not giving <laughs> any background context to that statement. So, nope. so some of the things, so after I posted this video and it's a really silly video, it's like the, the Lacey has the amazing reactions, amazing reactions. So in this video, um, you know, we're all watching it and they're quoting some stuff back to, to the TV and stuff like that. And we had people commenting, saying things like, oh, those people are so rude. Like you're trying to watch the movie. It's like, no, like I said, they're my friends. We're having fun. Like clearly it's supposed to be funny. And mm -hmm. then the other people wanted to be like, oh, that's the bad version of Pride and Prejudice. You should have watched this. It's like, okay, so I, I post a silly lighthearted video and you want to judge us for Real which Real friends show you the miniseries. You want to judge us for which version of Pride and Prejudice we watched during a movie night? <laughs> like, yeah. chronically like, online. The chronically online people. My, my pen name, the last name of my pen name is Bennett, for fuck's sake. Like, obviously, I'm familiar with every iteration of Pride and Prejudice in existence. Just please. I just, we're experts. We got this. I can't wrap my head around the people that get so heated over a silly, fun video. Yeah. Because I literally, I didn't make that video to cause drama. I made that video to make people laugh. Like some people just took it way too seriously. Yes, way too serious. But it was. It was fun making the video and it was fun watching the video back. And that's definitely one of my favorite random like friend videos that I think I've ever had the pleasure Same. of making. Same. Uh -huh. It was an incredible experience and it was so fun to make and watching it. I can still watch it and just die laughing yes. like to the point of tears. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's Absolutely. so good. So we had, uh, we did the Pride and Prejudice night. We like, we spent a lot of time just hanging out, the four of us, because the convention usually ended relatively early, but then there was, um, one day that you guys did your gowns, part of books, gowns, and crowns. And the three of them, because I, I was, I didn't go to this convention. I didn't go to the ball. It's just not my particular interest, which is fine. And they went and did their thing, but before they left and they're all in their hair and makeup and everything like that, I just jumped in and I was just like, I'm just going to be the prom mom and you guys need to take pictures for me. And I'm like, okay, put your, put your arms around her waist and look like you love each other. And then well, as, as you guys were leaving, Becky closes the door, and the second the door closes, I open it back up and again, and I go, make good choices, and I slam the door, and I can hear the three of them, like, cackling as they're going out to the Uber. So funny. And you guys looked amazing, and it looked like it was so much fun. It was. That, that fall was a lot of fun, and they actually put a lot of effort into, like, the details. Like, the food spread was, like, it was hors d'oeuvres, but it was, like, really cute little desserts and they had like really nice like charcuterie spreads it wasn't just like you know just like slices of meat and slices of cheese like it was actually pretty prettily arranged there were like three regular professional photographers with like different backdrops and then there were two of the 360 degree cameras and like they, they did a good job with that part they really it was a lot of fun i danced like two whole songs before i ran out of spoons 
who was the shining jewel of the books, gowns, and crowns convention, was the gowns part. Absolutely. Absolutely. The gowns and the crowns. The gowns, both of those, sorry. The gowns and the crowns. And <laughs> as a queer woman, a bunch of women running around in ball gowns and masks and tiaras, and I'm just like, this is incredible. Happy this Pride. This is just a feast for the eyes. Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride. It was a feast for the eyes. Indeed. Just... I'm glad you guys got some pictures so I could see it too, because that, that like, it, uh, you know, again, it wasn't my jam, but I just wanted to see the pictures. I was like, I want to yeah. see what, like, I know that you guys had fun and I know that if it was my thing, I would have had a blast as well. So yeah. it's just like, I'm going to live vicariously through you because that's fine. That's all I need. That was the first Airbnb and we had, what was it? We had Charlie. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> So if you don't know about Florida, Florida has a lot of lizards and a lot of geckos and a lot of wildlife in general. And um, probably like the first or second day that we were in the first Airbnb, we looked up on the wall and we saw this little gecko and we could not reach it. And it just wanted to do its own thing. So we're like, fine, that gecko is named Charlie. And Charlie's behind the portraits. Like he didn't seem to want to come off the wall. Like he was doing so Char- Charlie, and he's he's probably what, like three inches long-ish, just for context, yeah. Charlie. So we named Charlie. We saw him a couple of times throughout the weekend, and he was, uh, you know, helping eat the bugs and stuff. And then um, the end of the weekend came, and Lacey and Ophelia needed to go back home. So Becky and I swapped over to the new Airbnb. And I'll talk about it more in a minute, but between the two, we had to check out of one at 11 a.m. and check into the second one at 3 p.m. So we had some time to kill and we did wind up going up to uh, like a couple of places from my past, which again, I'll talk about in a second. But then after we did all that, we got back and it was finally time to check into the Airbnb. We go to unload everything and we get almost everything in the house already, I think. And then we finally get the waters, like the big case of water because it's florida and it's hot as hell and we just we just don't judge us yeah, for drinking yeah. bottled water because it was florida okay we were struggling to stay hydrated <laughs> but so we had a, a case of bottles of water and i go to take a bottle of water out and i'm like son of a bitch charlie hitchhiked he's charlie was inside this case of water and becky was just like wait what and i was like yeah charlie came with us <laughs> And this poor thing, he must have been in the car the entire time. I feel so bad for him. But I finally, I get him out of the, the case of water. He's trying to wriggle away from me, but I, I get him out of the case. And I hold him in my hand and I swear to God, he just kind of like, like looks up and flops backwards and he goes, and then it looked like he died. And I'm like, you had better be playing dead right now. <laughs> this is not happening. But so we we took Charlie, we put him outside in a plant <laughs> and you know gave him like a little bit of water and i we didn't really see him since then we didn't we did not find a body so we're we're assuming that he is alive and well and living his best life in the second airbnb unfortunately for his part of the journey right after we put him on the plant i mean within five minutes a monsoon opened in the skies yep and he did get absolutely poured on we did everything we could, okay? We did everything we could. And I think he was probably fine. He, he's, he's a Florida gecko. He is used exactly. to Florida. I, so I, I think he was he, fine. He had to have been playing dead. Because it was, yeah. it, was, it, was so, it was like, 
I swear it was like this little freaking gecko had taken drama classes and he was just <laughs> like, this is my moment to shine. I am being abducted by this woman. I must play dead. Ah! Remember, like, emote. <laughs> that was really how it felt. So I'm just, I'm hoping that that's the case. I'm hoping that Charlie was just very extra and it was. That is the case. That's what it was. So he, say we all. He deserves all of the Emmys, okay? Yes. <laughs> For that performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that, but the second Airbnb. Thunder Cabin. Thunder Cabin, which we dubbed that because like the very first day, right after, you know, we put Charlie in the plant, it was a downpour with thunder and everything. And uh, we were just kind of looking for music to put on. And we decided to name it Thunder Cabin Playlist. So it was Thunder Cabin. Um, and I fixed a record player. So that was a thing. It had a... Yeah, the Airbnb had a record player in it. And Renee is like, cool, I'm going to play some records. And the needle was just jumping like crazy, shooting across the like surface of the record. And I'm like, that's got to be like damaging the records at this point. I think the, I think there's something wrong with the record player. And then the next thing I know, she's fiddling with it. And then I'm hearing the Beatles. Okay. She's got it. So never used a record player in my life before that. Go Renee. She is mechanically minded. So, okay. So for anybody who does know like enough about record players, the needle was not pointing straight down. I figured out it was off to the side. So like, I know how record players work, even though I had never used one. I understand the concept of how they work. Um, so the needle, because it was off to the side, every time it would start to go, it would just slip. So once I put it like more vertical, it actually wanted, it wanted to stay in the groove and then it stayed in the groove. Yay. <laughs> Unintended. I'm just like reading my notes and it's great because it just says Charlie hitchhiking, Renee fixing record player, bug <laughs> hitting Renee in the face. <laughs> the bug, I think that was like, you like peed your pants laughing from that. <laughs> So we we were sitting outside and there was a, a beetle and it was probably like a, like it was a bitty one, but it was probably like a three quarters of an inch ish. It wasn't the tiniest, but it was pretty small. And it's like one of those Japanese flying beetles. I don't know how else to describe them because that's what we called them when I lived in Florida. So I'm not, don't quote me on the species. But <laughs> one of those little harmless little beetles. They're not hurting anything, but where we were sitting on the back porch we had the door closed and there was a light on inside and this beetle kept like going to the window trying to get in. And I'm like, no, the house is for people, not for bugs. And I was just being silly and talking to the beetle and saying, no, no, you can't go there. You can't go inside. That's the, that's the house. It's not for you. It's, it's for people. <laughs> and then eventually Becky and I get up and we go back inside. And Becky sees the whole thing. And this fucking beetle comes from nowhere. And immediately after I walk in, the beetle comes and it just hits me right in the face. <laughs> so she's like dying laughing because we knew it was the same beetle. So it hits me in the face and then it goes flying somewhere else. And I'm just like, no, it's not so like yelling at the beetle while it's hitting me in the face. And you then pass. what was it? Oh, you, I said, you shall not pass. It's like yelling at this beetle. And then Becky like runs to the bathroom because like, I swear you were like peeing your pants. I was about to pee my pants. If I did not reach to the bathroom right then, I was going to pee my pants. Like absolutely. It was a crisis. 
<laughs> it was great. And then, so I hear Becky like cackling from the bathroom. <laughs> and I eventually see the beetle and I catch it because I'm not, I'm not like one of the afraid of bugs girlies and Becky isn't really either. Like I grab the bug and I throw it outside. I'm just like, it's like, I, what did I say as I threw it out? I don't know. I think I was still peeing. <laughs> and it was probably something along the lines of just like no only people no bugs you're not allowed in and then i just slammed the door probably something like that i probably couldn't hear it over my cackling <laughs> while so that was fun. there was there was a i feel like a little bit more wildlife in that the house behind that one were so they were magical they were like out of a fantasy world it was so beautiful the trees were gorgeous uh, and I, I got a couple of pictures of that too, just so you know, like I have, I have, once I actually get all my pictures done, then, then eventually you will see all of this. And I think I'm, I'm probably going to post before, uh, we release this episode, but, um, in the second Airbnb after Becky left, I also did a photo shoot of myself. So for those who may not be aware, I am a photographer as well. And I've done uh, self-portrait shoots. I've done photos of Becky. I've done photos of a lot of different people. Um, but I, I I wanted, in both Airbnbs, they were both really, really cute. And we wanted to do a photo shoot in one or the other or something. And we just wound up being so busy, we didn't have enough time. And the only time that I actually had to do a photo shoot was I was alone in the Airbnb and I was like, well, I got nothing to do for the next few hours. And this Airbnb is really cute. And I rearranged a bunch of the furniture to make it look even cuter. And then I did a photo shoot of myself. So I'm, uh, those are going to be posted probably before this episode. And it's uh, a little bit pride themed. So I'm stoked about that too. Becky's seen one photo from it. Just the one. It's so good. I'm really excited. I'm still working on them. But I'm, I'm very excited for those. One of the other things that we did when, when people were giving me pushback, I, I know that a lot of people were coming from a place of you shouldn't be spending money in Florida and supporting that government. But mm. it's like I was saying before, we, when we had different places that we were going to, like we discussed what we were going to do beforehand and everywhere that we went was, first of all, like places that were my safe havens when I was growing up. And that's like, I've, I've been all like, I was the punky gothy kid in high school. Like I've always stuck out in places like Florida. It's not, that's why I moved. But, but like, so I did have places when I was younger that were like my safe places that I loved that had something to do with me and that I knew were good businesses that do good rather than mm -hmm. businesses that want to support the current government. So but the um, one of the first places that we went to was Ybor City, and I love Ybor so much. I'm I'm sad that we didn't get to spend more time in Ybor, but it was so hot the day that we went. It was so, so hot. hot, so but, hot. And and I I went through each of the places that uh, that we went to um, when I was writing the outline for this episode, so that I could just give a little bit more information on each place. So I'll read that off, and then we'll, we can talk about. Uh, how what we did when we were in Ebor and stuff like that, but uh, so Ebor City was founded in 1885. Uh, if I recall correctly, I think it's technically a part of Tampa. If it's not a part of Tampa, it's like on the Tampa border because it's it's always it's right there. 
But uh, Ybor City was founded in 1885 by Vincente Martinez Ybor and says on their Wikipedia page, (laughs) Ybor City was unique in the American South as a successful town almost entirely populated and owned by immigrants, which I've always thought was really, really cool. And they had a really strong Cuban uh, community there. And for a very long time, they made Cuban cigars there. So that was always kind of just a neat historical thing to me. But, you know, it's it's populated and owned by immigrants. That's that's one of the better places in Florida, in my opinion. (laughs) Um, And it is what Ybor City has been designated as a National Historic Landmark District. And several structures in the area are listed in the National Register of Historic Places. In 2008, Seventh Avenue, which is what we walked up and down. Ybor City's main commercial thoroughfare was recognized as one of the 10 great streets in America by the American Planning Association. Uh, and I'm sure that you understand why after seeing like yeah. Ybor City, like it's it's almost like its own theme park in the middle of Tampa that you don't expect to see because it's it's like here's this old town with these old structures that have been here forever mm-hmm. in the middle of Tampa. <laughs> the beautiful little historical district. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. That's one of my favorite, favorite places to go to in Florida in general. Um, and we can't forget the city protected chickens. Yes, they have chickens everywhere. And I didn't even remember that. Protected. Chickens. I must not have been in the right part of Ebor whenever I had been there younger because I think I was always more just in the uh more commercial part of it, but just outside of that area where we had parked. We got out and there's just chickens everywhere <laughs> and roosters and they're just walking around like it's nothing. And yep. it was amazing. And I got some great pictures of them too. It made me so happy. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm also upset that we didn't go to a Columbia restaurant. Me too. We forgot. I, I was really sad that I didn't get to go there with my accountant, but the first, he could have only, he was going out of town himself like two days after I arrived. So like the Wednesday and Thursday that I got there, were the only days he could have done it and that that just didn't work out yeah, but that makes yeah i wish we could have gone too because that well that, that when i was great. looking up the information that was one of the other things that popped up it says in 2010 columbia restaurant which is florida's oldest restaurant wow wild was named a top 50 all-american icon by nation's restaurant news magazine uh, and then the last little bit that I had in here says Ebor City grew and prospered during the first decades of the 20th century. Thousands of residents built a community that combined Cuban, Spanish, Italian, and Jewish culture. And that's just like that. All those little blurbs, like that's that's the best way to describe just how amazing Ebor City is. And you can never really describe it. You'd have to see. You really have to see it in person. But it's it's it feels like being transported to an entirely different country. Yeah. Like cobblestone streets and all. And the shopping is also fantastic. (laughs) But then we went to La France, which is... Yes, I love La France. It's uh, the stuff that I looked up on that, just like the real quick stuff is that like they are LGBT plus friendly, which you walk in there and you can tell immediately anyway. But La France has been there since 1974. And they are a... They're a vintage store. They also sell new stuff as well, but they they sell a lot of things that are more vintage feel. So even the stuff that's new a lot of times has a, a vintage vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I 
the pinafore that I wore in the photo shoot that I did in the cabin, I actually bought that at La France. La France is another one of like my safe haven like that that I actually learned about from Ashley I didn't learn about La France until after I had left Florida but that's like one of the ones that I added to my list of this is I'm always going here yeah (laughs) anytime I'm in Florida so what what did you think of La France I know I've been just talking a ton (laughs) I thought it was really great Um, I liked that they did have some new stuff that had different sizes because there's a lot of cute stuff but it was you know vintage style stuff like you said um but usually vintage stuff does not fit my body type. So having also things there that had sizes was really, really helpful. Um, I thought it was cute. I thought the vibe was so friendly and inclusive and just sequins and sparkles and feathers and everywhere. It's great. Yeah. But that's, it's definitely one of the places that it's really easy to spend a lot of money in. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. they're like they're a relatively small store overall, but they have a lot of vertical space. It's a very tall store, so yeah. they like hang things from the ceiling, and they have it on like shelves. And it's it's just it's one of those places that even if you have no money to spend, you could spend the entire day in there just looking at everything. Yeah, and I love that. It's it's I love when a business not only sells products that are like really cool, but they put a lot of work into the way that their store looks and the store just kind of like feels like its own entity. Like it it feels like its own little home. And I didn't know that it had been there since 1974, but finding that out, I'm like, I'm not surprised like that, that that's how it feels. It feels like it has been there forever. Yeah. So it was really, really awesome. And I will go there anytime I'm in Florida. (laughs) Same. We did Bush Gardens and Adventure Island, <laughs> which yes. once upon a time back in the day, I was a face painter at Bush Gardens for all of 10 months in, in 2010. <laughs> That's, that was the last job that I had before I moved to Connecticut. And I do want to point out that every single shop in Bush Gardens and Adventure Island had a pride section. That oh, was one of the touristy places that we dumped a lot of money into. So for anybody who might be listening and not watching, I'm holding up uh, one of those like foldable, unfoldable fans. And it was Bush Gardens pride line of these. It was a pretty pastel rainbow. I loved the pastel rainbow take on it too, because I love pride stuff and I love rainbows, but to have something that looks a little bit different, it made me more likely to buy it. (laughs) Like for sure. I'm like, Ooh, different. (laughs) But we got a couple of the things from the pride line. Um, And Bush gardens is one of those places that, you know, I, I was born and raised in Tampa. So I went to Bush gardens so many times when I was younger and Becky had been there once before. Yep. And wanted to uh, have a uh, experience as an adult because that was when you were a lot younger. Yes. But we had a really great time. We had a really great day. Um, Bush Gardens, if you don't know, because I, I didn't really fully describe anything about that. Bush Gardens is a theme park. <laughs> so Bush Gardens is a theme park. It's, it's a theme park, but it's also a zoo. And they have like just as many animal things as they do rides more and, so i'd say probably yeah it's a ton and i um i knew that bush gardens did like good stuff in general but 
you know, before the podcast, I wanted to look into a little bit more. So what I had found is that there was a website that says uh, Bush Gardens is AZA accredited, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, which is the highest accreditation a zoo or similar organization can achieve. So they said this means that Bush Gardens provides stellar care for its animals in terms of medicine, husbandry and welfare. So. That in and of itself, it's like, okay, if you treat the animals well and people recognize that you treat the animals well, I am all about that. Um, they also had a section on their website, which is like, if you are an organization that does something that's relevant to what their values are, which I know they specified like animal care and rehab and stuff like that um, within the Tampa area then they do do charitable donations and things like that. So, and and they specified, let me see, I want to see the part on their website because the part that they specified, because they did specify that for things that they do not provide charitable donations to, it includes labor or political organizations, individuals, that kind of, so like they're, they don't donate to political parties. They do, which like, I don't care if you do one way or another, but like if you don't and you only focus on the animals, which is what the entire park is about anyway, that makes me feel a lot better about supporting you guys in general. Cause it's like, cool, the animals that I'm visiting, money is going to them. Makes petting those kangaroos a lot better. Yes, that... I was not expecting there to be kangaroos. I I know at one point, and it must have been after I had already left or they were building it while I was there, um, but I heard about the little like walkabout area that you go through with the kangaroos, but I had never seen it in person. And that was like the first thing that we encountered when we went there. Yeah, that was that was incredible. And I wasn't expecting them to be like, yeah, if they're close enough, you can just pet them. Just don't don't pet their heads. What? We... We didn't pay for the kangaroo experience. So, yeah, you can just go pet them. Yeah. What? And then we I did. Was, I was ready. If there was if there was any animal that we were going to be able to have like an experience with that we could afford, I was like, I am ready to pay for that. And then Me we too. went, we saw the kangaroos, and I'm like, we don't have to. They're just here. Yeah. That we was got so cool. We got to pet kangaroos. We got to see them lazing about in the heat (laughs) (laughs) rolling over like a dog that was so cute it was so cute i still don't understand why there's an australia exhibit in an africa themed theme park in florida which that's a lot (laughs) but the only thing that i can think is that florida is basically the united states australia so might as well have Australia in the park too. <laughs> Might as well. And then the following day after we did Bush Gardens, which was amazing. I think that was like the most action-packed day that we had. Uh, so the following day we did Adventure Island, which is Bush Gardens' sister park, <laughs> the uh, water park that's across, like d- directly across the park or across the street from Bush Gardens. Yeah, Adventure Island was awesome. It was much smaller, so we didn't have to do as much walking around, which was nice. And we decided to splurge since we were doing a treat yourselves trip a little bit, you know, and enjoying not being absolutely dirt poor as adults on a trip. Because tax returns. Yes, because tax returns. So we were like, you know what? Let's do the cabana this time. And we did the cabana and that was incredible. And we went on the lazy river, which is my favorite activity to do in the entire world. 
we went on a few slides and then um, we were attacked by the sky. Yes. And the I, best I, way I can sum that up. <laughs> You're not wrong. No. I, you know, uh, being from Florida and Becky having experience from Florida, we knew that afternoon showers were a thing. So that was the other that was the other ridiculous thing was that the comments on those videos there were so many people who live in Florida. I well, I'm assuming they live in Florida or they may have just visited. I don't know, but they they were very rude about that too. They were commenting and they're just like, Well, that's just an afternoon shower, it's just gonna be gone. Like, duh. Uh, not so used to Florida. Aware, I am aware how the yeah. afternoon showers in Florida work. As someone who lived there for 21 yeah. years, I am aware. They're and, like, oh, your friend carrying around a lightning mag- magnet because I was carrying an umbrella. Because what they didn't hear or see was the clip of me saying, if I start to feel funny, I'm dropping this motherfucker. <laughs> like, I, we were aware. We're not morons. We have been in thunderstorms before. I wasn't just wandering around the parking lot with an umbrella going, la di da di da di da di da but we should I be trying to keep the camera been, safe. We've been in Florida thunderstorms. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, there, was, there was somebody else too that like I was wearing the rain jacket and someone was just like, oh, Floridians don't wear rain jackets because they get too hot and sticky. And I'm just like, motherfucker, I am a former Floridian, which was why I was smart enough to know that I needed to pack a rain jacket. Like, yeah. <laughs> Hello. And honestly, we we prepared really, really well because we we went from the cabana. So when we were in the cabana, first we went to the cabana when it started raining. And first thing that we did was look up the radar on our phones because we are smart. Yes. <laughs> so we we could see. And, you know, we, we waited it out for like 10, 15 minutes before we checked the radar because we're like, OK, give it a second, see if it passes. And it wasn't passing and it was getting worse. So that was when we looked it up on the radar and we saw that the radar was like for the next like four or five hours it was going to be raining so we're like well there's only two more hours that this park is left open right now so i guess we gotta go (laughs) so once we figured that out that was when we put on the rain jacket you know we changed out of our swim clothes and stuff like that put on the rain jackets grabbed the umbrella and we made it from the cabana eventually to the parking lot into the car mostly dry like we got damp, we but we didn't get soaked. We weren't like soaked head to toe like you would have been had you not had an yep. umbrella and a rain jacket because we yes. were prepared and we didn't get struck by lightning. Although apparently a transformer right around the corner did get struck by lightning because in one of my videos, I'm like, we hear sirens. We saw lightning and then we hear sirens. And I guess somebody commented later on and said, yeah, I looked that up uh, and there was there was a lightning strike that hit that hit one of the transformers there it's like oh okay at least i was justified in my concern that tracks yeah but that was adventure island which was it was quite the adventure it it was indeed lived up to the name adventures (laughs) were had for real see i thought us you know almost having asthma attacks getting the tubes to the top of the slides was going to be the adventure of the day Little did I know. And it was still fun. I'm still sad, though, that we didn't get to, like, do the other half of the park because there were other rides and flumes and things like that separate from the Lazy River. But it is what it is. I still think that we got our money's worth with everything. So I'm happy about that. And we'll just have to go to Lake Compounds a lot this summer to make up for it. But so we we, you know, with Busch Gardens and Adventure Island, we knew that we were supporting 
companies that, you know, at the end of the day, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, as we all know, but you can at least try your best. (laughs) You know, you you can make decisions that are going to be better for the individuals rather than the corporations. Um, That's Airbnbs. That's part of the reason why I wanted to do an Airbnb rather than a hotel, because I know that Airbnb receives a large chunk of that. And I know that like the people that are renting it out aren't the ones that are getting the majority of the money. Like I understand all of that, but at the end of the day, at least some of that money is going like the more, the larger percentage of that money is going to the individual than it would have if we stayed at a hotel. Yep. Absolutely. And that just makes me feel a little bit better. I know that Airbnb is not the best company in the world. I understand all of that, but again, no ethical consumption under capitalism. What do you want us to do? We stay in a hotel, more of that money is probably lining DeSantis's pocket. We stay in an Airbnb, at least a little bit more of it is going to go to the individual. If there's anything I've learned from social media, it's that no matter what you do, no matter which option you choose, somebody will be annoyed that you chose that option or enraged or ridiculously obsessed for some stupid reason. Like they forget the nuance and they forget that life is not black and white. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like you, you do what you can and that's all you can do. Yep. And then uh, other places that I, so I went to um, Another place that was kind of my one of my safe havens after you had gone home, which is a place called Sound Exchange. So Sound Exchange is a record shop that has been there. I say record shop. They they have like records, CDs, cassettes. They have audio equipment. They have VHS tapes. They they've expanded to a lot of other things too. They also um, they had a section that Becky. I am so sorry that you weren't able to come with me. They had vintage paper. So they had all sorts of different things they had vintage playboy magazines they had vintage advertisements vintage like magazine cutouts they had vintage food and vegetable labels that they put like on a piece of cardboard and like framed it like they had it was cool you'd love it so we'll go we'll go there next time i promise but <laughs> but sound exchange was one of those places what the the reason why they're called sound exchange is because you go there and you trade in your old cds and old vinyls and stuff and you get credit from them that you that. can stop in the store so that was how I got a lot, a lot, lot, lot of my music collection was from Sound Exchange because I would buy a bunch of used stuff. And like I can remember, um, like one of my favorite bands is Billy Talent. And Becky, I know you don't, you probably don't know who they are and you probably wouldn't like them anyway, but Billy Talent has been one of my favorite bands for a very long time. And the very first album that I ever owned of theirs i don't remember the title of the album but i i know that i got it as a used cd from sound exchange and it actually had stamped on it it was just like this is a demo copy it's not meant for like public distribution and i thought that was the coolest fucking thing yeah. and I was like, oh it's special <laughs> but that like, is that's so like, cool. yeah it's 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 a real niche like when i was in there i talked to one of the guys that works there and I didn't, all I bought was a t-shirt because I, I looked at the stuff and I'm like, I can't bring vinyl home on the plane. That's a lot of weight. Why I'm glad you did went without me because yeah. Yeah. 
I trust me, I, I wanted to buy so much more than I did, but I, I resisted and I got a T-shirt from them. And I was talking to the guy that worked there and I was like, I'm honestly really, really glad that you guys are still here because I used to live here. Um, You know, the last time I was in this store was like 15 years ago. <laughs> and I said to the guy, too, I was like, once upon a time for a short for like a few months, I used to work at FYE. And FYE, for those unaware, is slash was um, another record store, but much more commercial. So I said to this guy, I was like, I used to work for FYE and I love the fact that FYE, as far as I know, has gone out of business. I can't find them anymore, but you guys are still here. I was like, that's really awesome. (laughs) I love that. And like they, they, it has the exact same vibe that it did when I was a teenager, when I was going in there. So, and that's, there's no way I couldn't find anything specific about them supporting the LGBT plus community. However, when you're inside there, like they've got like giant limited edition posters of Lady Gaga. They had like Elvis stuff hanging from the ceiling. Like the stuff that they have up in there makes it pretty obvious that they're they're a more inclusive and inviting and accepting um, business. And that's that's why I made it a point to go out of my way to go there. And they did not disappoint. Yeah. Uh, if anybody's wondering, we we took a quick break because we had to pee because we're humans. So if there's <laughs> if there's a jump, that's why because we don't we're we have ADHD and we don't plan very well for things. We just we just decided to pee. So we're back. Um, and then I Becky was uh, we were talking about bottles of water. That's that's how this is getting to this next part. It's it's not it wasn't about the bottles of water that we were talking about, but it reminded me of a story from Florida. So. When I was in Florida, I had purchased rubbing alcohol, right? Very small bottle of rubbing alcohol. I bought the smallest bottle that I could find. And then before we left the second Airbnb, before, I'm sorry, before I left, like the day before I I was leaving, um, I had my mom and my brother come over because what happened was we got this big grocery shopping trip at the very beginning of the first Airbnb. And that was for four people. And then all of that food came with me and Becky. So then there were two people, but all of the leftovers from everybody came with us. And then Becky and I ate through some of that food and then Becky left and it was just me. And I was left with everybody's leftover food, which is fine, but I had to figure out what to do with that food. So I wound up giving uh, pretty much all of it to my mom and my brother. Um, some of it was unopened. Some of it was not. I, I was already... Uh, you know, if they hadn't taken everything, I was going to donate it to a, a food shelter because I'm like, I don't want to throw away unopened packages of food when it mm-hmm. could just as easily be donated. But um, luckily, it was stuff that my mom and my brother like anyway. So they had that. But so the rubbing alcohol, right? So I had this rubbing alcohol and it was just for like cleaning other things and and like my makeup stuff. I just, I had it just because I needed it in general. And I... <sighs> When my mom and my brother came over, right, I had the rubbing alcohol and I knew that I couldn't take it home with me. And it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to leave it in the Airbnb. I asked my mom if she needed rubbing alcohol and she said yes. So I was like, okay, cool. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this rubbing alcohol uh, because I might need a little bit of it, not a ton, just a little bit of it. And I'm going to pour a little bit of it into a water bottle. And... What happened was I gave my mom the rest. My mom leaves, whatever. And then later on at night, I was packing and I was on the phone with my partner. And no. had, him, <laughs> had him on speakerphone. No. 
And Becky and I, uh, <laughs> with the water bottles, had oh, gotten no. sad about like leaving half full water bottles in a lot of places. I had made it my policy that I was not going to open a new water bottle until I finished all of the half empty water bottles in the Airbnb. And I had gotten through pretty much all of them. Uh, and then I was on the phone and I was distracted and I picked up a half empty water bottle and it was the rubbing alcohol. <laughs> and luckily for me, when I take a drink of water, I do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have it in my mouth and then I swallow it, luckily, <laughs> because the second it hit my mouth, I was like, something's wrong. I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's not water. And for whatever reason. So my mom, when we were there, we were drinking um, water and we were also adding like liquid IV to it. My mom really likes Propel. And my mom had been there previously. So like when I had this in my mouth at first, I was just like, is this my mom's Propel? It's like, no, no, Propel doesn't taste like this. And I figured it out. Like luckily, really quickly, I didn't swallow any of it, but I figured it out and it was sitting right next to the kitchen sink. So like I spit it out to the kitchen sink. And I have my partner on the phone on speakerphone and like, you know, he's hearing that happening and I spit it out and I was just like, I just made a mistake. And then I'm like running my mouth under the sink, trying to like flush it out. And then like in between me doing that, I was just like, I'm okay. I just accidentally almost chugged rubbing alcohol, but I'm okay. <laughs> and it was absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, so, uh. I tried to be good about not leaving all the half empty water bottles, but lesson Listen learned. Gotcha. Lesson learned. Um, never be a dum dum like me and put things that are not supposed to be ingested into a bottle that looks like a water bottle, especially yeah. if they're clear. <laughs> the second it happened, I knew too. I was like, that was a stupid thing I did. I shouldn't have put that in a water bottle. That was a stupid thing that I did. <laughs> so, one of the things I wanted to touch on too. Now that we've talked about a bunch of the the businesses that we supported, it wasn't only us going to touristy things and you know to to businesses and stuff like that. And I, like I said, I do have friends and family that are in Florida. So yeah, we did we did also visit a lot of people that were in my life previously. So first thing that we wound up doing was because the for books, gowns, and crowns. Obviously, Becky was busy. And like I said, I, I was pretty much not leaving the Airbnb. I was just working the entire time, um, which I still had fun. I, I wasn't like working, working, but, you know, I was working on my scripts that I was working on. And after we left that Airbnb, like I said, we checked out at 11 a.m. We couldn't check into the second Airbnb until 3 p.m. And I knew that where we were staying was relatively close, like within half an hour of where I had grown up. So I actually got to take Becky to go see my elementary, middle, and high schools and the house that I grew up in when I was a kid, which was really, really cool. So we went and saw my schools. We went and saw the house that I grew up in. And I enjoy doing that anyway because I'm I'm like, a, I'm addicted to nostalgia. It's a problem. <laughs> For some reason. But so we got to see my schools, which is really cool because that's that's one of the things that I don't know how any of that is going to change in the next few months or years. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to see a lot of those places again, um, which is what people don't think about when they're they're judging somebody for visiting Florida. It's like, yeah, 
maybe I want to say goodbye because I don't know if it's going to be the last time or not. So, and you know, it's, it's one thing for my friends and family that they can't really get out of the state to begin with anyway, but like the places that I grew up, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if like in the next five, 10 years, schools are going to be so incredibly locked down that we can't even drive in front of them like we did. Like, I I don't know. So it was nice being able to do that. But even, even aside from all of that, it was really, really great just being able to show you, my best friend, where I grew up. Because yeah. I've never been able to do that with anybody before. So it was really, really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Something I, I would love to do with you sometime is that would require us going to Texas. And I don't see that happening. So yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. But we also, um, we got to visit with my mom and my brother, which was really cool. Um, my mom has lived in Florida. I know, since, I think since the eighties, I'm pretty sure. Um, and she's one of the people that doesn't really want to live in Florida anymore. Does not agree with the government, the politics, all that stuff, but she doesn't have the option to leave. Um, she at this point in her life is retired and her income is based off what she was making when she was working in Florida. So it's a fixed income. And if she moves to another state, it's still fixed. It's still like, so she can't afford to move anywhere else because Florida was, was a lot cheaper than a lot of other places. The prices are going up even and you know, People think of Florida as an expensive place for the beachy areas, but once you're out of there, a lot of it is a lot less expensive, or at least it used to be. And talking to people now, that's not even really the case, but they're not getting paid as much. So they're not getting paid anymore, but the cost of living has increased. Yeah. Florida. So, but so, you know, my mom doesn't have the option to get out and she wants to, she would love to move to Connecticut. She doesn't have the option to, and that is absolutely heartbreaking for me. Um, I would love to be able to just fly her up here, but I can't, I can't afford to do any of that. So it was yeah. nice to be able to visit her and like see where she lives and stuff because I had not even seen the place that she lives right now because she moved there. I don't know if it was before the pandemic began, but I know it was like a, a couple of years ago, um, but she hadn't lived there for very long and I didn't know anything about it. I knew that it was small and I was worried about her. So being able to see it in person was really, really nice. And then being able to talk to my brother, who uh, I'm not going to name the company that he works for, but the company that he works for is pretty exclusive to Florida. And he's worked for them for a very long time. So he's, you know, he's building a career and he can't just up and leave. He he would have to start over from scratch if, if he was in a whole different state. And he doesn't really have a support system anywhere except for Connecticut. And I don't think he wants to live in Connecticut. And, you know, he's got a partner, so he's got a whole life down there, too. It's that's where a lot of the nuance comes in, is that people forget about the fact that it's all these individual lives and it's so much more complicated than just, well, if you don't like it, leave. It's not that easy. Yeah, they don't stop and think like if each person that said that actually was like, okay, if that was happening to me right now. And I wanted to just up and leave. What would I have to do to do that? And then they would start to realize that there are so many obstacles in the way to doing that. And it's just, it's not feasible. And 
for most people. Most people can't just up and move. And I don't, it's coming from a real place of privilege that people are saying that. Yes. Well, and, and it's unfortunately too, because Florida is one of the states that people do get paid a lot less. It is a lot harder to find work, mostly just because of how overpopulated the state is. Work is few and far between. That's that's one of the main reasons why I moved out of Florida was because, mm-hmm. yeah, I was a face painter at Bush Gardens. They were giving me 10 hours a week and that was all that they could offer. I didn't have a car. I was borrowing my mom's car I was living with my mom. Like I didn't have the money to live on my own. The only reason that I got out of Florida is because the majority of my family is up in Connecticut and I was given the opportunity to move in with them. And I took it because I knew that if I stayed in Florida, my life was not going to go anywhere. And it's still to this day, the best decision I've ever made in my life was moving out of Florida. But, but I got exceptionally lucky because most people don't have that opportunity. Most people don't have a support system like that. And when you're moving from a state like Florida, that at least back when I moved, the cost of living was a lot lower, which meant that you got paid a lot less. I mean, I had to join the military to get out of Texas. Like I, so yeah, I understand my only way out was literally my only choice that I had was air force or Navy. Which one, which one do I pick? Because there's no other way out of here. None, zero. We lived five miles outside of town and I didn't have a car. Like if yep. there, 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 there was no, so like I couldn't have just up and moved. I literally had to sign my life away to the U S government to get away. So yeah, it's Would, not that easy. To I, just I only, I only just recently learned that about you too. I, I didn't realize that that was the reason why you had joined the military, but like knowing that now it explains a lot more about your personality. <laughs> and and how you got it. I'm I'm glad that you were able to get out too, but that's that's what people don't really get is like we can sit here and say yeah, I'm from Florida and now I live in Connecticut and it sounds like it's all like nice and packaged up in a bow and everything, but it wasn't easy and we got very lucky. And yeah. most people that are stuck in Florida they don't have any way of getting out and even if they save and save and save and save the cost of a dollar isn't worth as much there as it is in most other places so just for example like with with my mom my mom has this fixed income if she moved anywhere um she wouldn't be able to afford the cost of living and that's that's ridiculous to me but you know welcome to america Uh, but yeah, we, and then we also, um, you know, we caught up with my mom and my brother and I also got to have dinner with my brother and my mom on my brother's birthday, which was really, really cool because I haven't seen my brother on his birthday in, I don't even know how long. And I don't even, the, the last time that the three of us were together was 2017. So it was a long time, quite a few years. And then I also did get to visit with my cousin as well just, you know, like speaking of more of my family, I got to visit with my cousin and her daughter and really, really awesome seeing them. They're, they're definitely like more left-leaning members of my family. Uh, Cause I don't talk to a whole lot of my extended family. You know, it, it is what it is, but um, talking to my cousin was really, really, aside from being great, it was very enlightening as well because uh, their family can't leave Florida because they own a business that is very specific to Florida. I'm not, I, I'm trying not to, you know, dox anybody, especially. So yeah. I'm just, I'm going to keep it relatively vague, but the, the type of business that, that they have 
it can only be done in the South, basically. <laughs> it's construction related. So it's a very specific type of construction stuff that um, the only way that they'd be able to leave Florida is either they have to sell the business, which is not easy. <laughs> so selling a business in general is a lot of work. That's very difficult. Um, but not only would they have to do that, they, they could either sell the business or they could move to another place where that business could also work. But that's like a lateral move. It's not it's not doing anything for them. And then they'd be yeah. moving away from family. So it doesn't make sense for them to leave. But even if they wanted to, it's not easy. It's really not easy. And then you and I got to have coffee with my high school AP English teacher, which was the coolest thing. Yeah, I, I'm still upset. I'm so upset at myself that I didn't get a photo with him because I wanted to get a photo with him. And if if he's listening to this, I, I hope he knows that I wanted to get a picture so bad and I completely forgot because I was just like so excited about being there and talking with him. But um, so my my high school English teacher, though, is a gay Jewish man living in Florida. It's like that's that's hard. And he's a teacher at high school. Like that's hard. But we had uh, really, really great conversations with him about what it's like at the schools and everything like that. And, I, you know, I'm not going to speak on his experience or anything like that. I don't need to go into all the details of all the things that he said to us. But um, the one thing that really, really struck me was he's been a teacher at this high school for a couple of decades. And he only has a few years left until he can retire and he said to us, he doesn't know if he's going to make it that long. And just hearing that, like he was the person that I was able to turn to in high school if I ever felt like I needed a safe place. It was his classroom. And I know how many people he's helped over the years because he he even like helped me. And and I didn't have any major crises when I was in high school. Like, you know, I had I had high school drama and stuff like that, but I didn't have any major crises. But even then, I know that he's helped a lot of students through a lot of shit. And I know how good of a human he is. And to know that this career that I know he has always put his heart and soul into, he's one of those teachers that you know that it's his passion to teach and he truly enjoys it. And to see how defeated he is was so hard yeah and it was a great conversation that we had with him and you the two of you guys got along <laughs> so well <laughs> because they like becky and my teacher um are both really into greek mythology and they're both writers and they they just had everything to talk about and i knew that they were going to get along but just like to see them talk back and forth was absolutely amazing for me it's like we had great conversations but like you know it's 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 peppered with that heaviness of knowing that it's so different from when i was even in high school and even when i was in high school i went to a high school that was like rednecky high school it wasn't as open as and accepting as it could be anyway but knowing how much worse it is now is just so sad yeah and he's another person that even like he he can't leave he's he's got two decades at this school and and if he goes anywhere else he loses all of that yeah it's just a lot a lot of nuance a lot of things that people don't think about um 
We also visited one of my best friends since the sixth grade, who is friends with Becky. Not as close, obviously. You haven't known her for as long, but still very close with Becky, too. I would definitely consider her a good friend, but not like she's one of your best friends. I would consider her a good friend of mine. Yeah. Love her. Absolutely you, you, love you her. You had only met her once in person previously, though. Yep. So, yeah. But, uh, so we got to hang out with her for a little bit, which was awesome. Went to a really, really great uh, poke place. Yeah, the food was so good. Do you remember the name of that place? Fishbowl. Fishbowl? The Fishbowl. The Fishbowl. So it's the Fishbowl, and that's in Lutz, I believe, if anybody I isn't. I, I remember that, but it was very good. Excellent. They were also very... Uh, open-minded kind of place and and very welcoming and felt like a nice safe place and I know that uh my friend who brought us there really really loves it and I was just happy that there was a place that has poke that's even better than what I have here (laughs) so good um but yeah and, and you know even with even with her we had some really heavy conversations about how everything was so that's that was why I think this trip was so difficult was we knew that we were coming to Florida for vacation and we knew the state of everything in Florida. We, we knew what it was like, but actually physically being there and talking face to face with the people who live there, who were not happy about the current state of politics and government in Florida, but they do not have the option to leave. That I think is what is missing from the conversation a lot of times when people are talking about don't go to Florida, don't support Florida, and and you know like telling people to basically abandon it. It's it's like you're it, to me at this point it feels like you're saying hey DeSantis is evil, abandon all of the people in Florida, and yeah. I don't know that that would have been my perspective when before we left for the trip, but. Um, you know, it's not to say that I would have said, like, fuck that whole state. But I also, like, I never liked living in Florida. I was never a huge Florida fan, even though I'm from Florida. Never, ever, ever. Um, But I do definitely think that I am certainly more, like, in the gray area now of, I'm not going to tell you not to go to Florida. Like, go to Florida if you feel like it's safe to go to Florida. But, like, don't forget that there are people there, too. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was heavy. It's been heavy. Um, some of the stuff that you want to talk about, just the differences between Florida and Connecticut to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> One thing that I noticed that I was surprised that caught my attention, and this is just so random, yeah. is that the roads were the lighter color of asphalt. Yeah. <laughs> instead of the dark asphalt, like up here, you know, like down there, if you have the black asphalt that we use everywhere up here, everything would fry. Everything would fry. And it, I'd never noticed that difference before, like between, cause like everything up here is like dark asphalt for sure. And the roads are so much bigger and wider and more spacious. And there were like eight lanes. <laughs> but they weren't, they weren't that much more spacious because there's so many more people there. And that's why they have to be that wide. I wasn't driving most of the time. So, so that's, I didn't, didn't notice the traffic as much because I wasn't the one driving. I was trying to explain this to my partner. Like in Connecticut, a lot of times we'll have like a four-way intersection of two pretty busy roads. 
and the pretty busy roads, like these are like relatively big roads in Connecticut. It'll be like a divided highway that has two lanes on either side. So it's four lanes wide, basically. And then that'll go with another one that's a divided. So it's, you know, pretty big intersection. Florida, it's like three or four on each side. So it's like six to eight lanes wide. And then you'll have an intersection of those two giant roads. And it's just like, holy shit, this is huge. Yeah. But then you see how many vehicles there are and you're like, oh, yes, you guys got a lot more people here. A whole lot more people. Much bigger state. (laughs) A lot more bugs too. Yes. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't often get hit in the face by a beetle in Connecticut. So (laughs) we, oh, what else? We had a, we had a a big old spider, which I think I said it was a wolf spider um, in the, the TikToks that I posted about it. I think I have been corrected. I think it was a huntsman. Yeah. Which I'm used to like huntsmen. They look very similar but from what I could tell after I was looking more into it, because when I lived in Florida, I just called them all wolf spiders because it didn't matter. There were so many of them. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're there or they're not. It doesn't matter what exactly. we call them. But I think I think the big difference, and I'm not going to get like too detailed for people who have like arachnophobia, but um, huntsmen are a little bit bigger. And I believe wolf spiders have pointier legs, whereas huntsmen have like these big dopey like, uh. <laughs> And... That's that's the and and huntsmen are a little bit bigger, but we had that on the back porch in the first Airbnb, and I was like, oh, hello, Florida. I remember this. We came back from Books, Gowns, and Crowns one day, and the entire patio furniture had been rearranged (laughs) to move it away from where the spider was. You're welcome. Yes. And then the next morning, I woke up and I went out onto the back porch and a spider, I don't know if it's the same one, but a giant spider comes out from behind one of the cushions up against the wall. And it's just like, okay. And then he went over and like left, like found a hole in the screen or whatever and left. And I was just like, bye, bye buddy. <laughs> just staring in horror, not knowing what to do. Like, I'm not afraid of spiders, but I also like don't love spiders. On you. I'm just, I was just watching from a distance, like, Hmm. I've got my eye on you. Like no part of me is like picturing him like leaping off the wall, doing a 180 in the air and coming for me. Like I I I was like six feet away. I was fine. <laughs> but I was just watching, I'm just like keeping an eye on you, buddy. Well, and most times that we were out there, like the spider spiders, I don't know how many, but they they were usually like up high on a wall. So like more or less out of reach for us. And they mostly stayed in one spot the whole time so it's yes. like they didn't move while we were out there it's like okay i can keep an eye on you you can keep however many eyes on me and we're good, <laughs> <laughs> we're good. Yes, they were very considerate spiders yeah very respectful surprising for florida i don't think of a whole lot of things as considerate and respectful there the bugs are <laughs> the bugs the bugs are more considerate and respectful than many of the people not all of the people yeah. Many of the people, though. <laughs> when you said the people, it, it reminded me of more people that I interacted with that I hadn't really talked about. And that was all of the Uber drivers that I took getting to and from books, gowns and crowns. Yeah, They were almost every single one was a person of color and they were all so nice. It was a complex mess getting in and out of the fairgrounds half the time 
And every single one of them was just so kind, so understanding and patient with us and, you know, pleasant to talk to. Like it was, it was great. It was great to interact with more diverse people and get to help them. Cause I know that there, a lot of them are stuck down there. And so it was nice to be able to help them in the way that they're making their money to try and survive down there. And just, you know, in the Uber Eats or not Uber Eats, we, whichever app we used for food delivery and stuff, you know, like it was really, it was really great getting to interact with more people. And, you know, we didn't go that many places. So that weren't touristy. And so that was how I got most of my interaction with people was Uber drivers and delivery drivers. And just the people were so great. Like, I didn't deal with any jerks. I didn't deal with any bigots. I dealt with wonderful, diverse people who are in a bad situation. Yeah. Because of I, their- that I think is a lot um, like Tampa is very much a melting pot. And I think that's a big part of the reason why it's more of like a blue dot in a red state. Yeah. But yeah, Tampa is a blue dot in a red state for sure. And I feel like that shows a lot in the people. And one of the, bigger differences that I noticed too. And I know, I know that you noticed as well is that being in Connecticut, it's not as racially diverse here. <laughs> no, in Florida, much more racially diverse. And granted that's, you know, talking about Tampa, um, but Tampa is very much a melting pot. There's a lot of different cultures in Tampa, which I've always loved. Yeah. But what's, what's really, what was really, really sad for me to see is that there was also a lot more poverty. Yeah. Like, yeah. So much more poverty in Florida. There were so many more people who were unhoused and it, it was just heartbreaking to see how the people in Florida are like crammed into Florida like sardines. Like you drive around for half an hour and you could still be in a neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we did that at one point where I was just like, we're still in this neighborhood because there's so yeah. many people so developed there's so many people and just like even with all of the overdevelopment there's still no space for anybody and you know a lot of these you know diverse people that we're talking about if they left the cities you know and went out to the middle of nowhere where it's cheaper to live you know they're going to receive a lot of hate yeah and they shouldn't have to subject themselves to that just to find affordable housing it's it's such a fucked system yeah it's absolutely ridiculous and i did not at all miss any of that i did that's that's one of the reasons why i moved out is because i knew that the system was working against me and i knew that like i didn't have anywhere near as many opportunities there as i would anywhere else um but things i did miss from florida the first thing that i didn't even put on this list that i that i i am amazed that i didn't think to put it on this list is checkers fries Yes, I've been craving yeah, and the, and the, the fry batter chicken tenders. Oh my god! Yes, I've been craving that meal every <laughs> single day since we left. I'm and so I'm sorry. sorry. I'm this close to buying Checkers fries in the freezer section yeah. just to get a fix. It's they're, they're not as good as they are. No, fresh. they're not. Nothing they're not. Thick. They're not. <laughs> they're better than nothing. Maybe we'll see. So, had you had Checkers before you had it in Florida? Oh yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember, but I I always just liked their fries. I didn't really care one way or the other for their burgers. But then having the chicken tenders, I can actually get a meal from there now that it's entirely delicious. It's perfect. Yes. So 
for those who may not be aware, who may live in areas that don't have checkers, checkers is a fast food restaurant, sometimes in different places called rallies, but it's the same place. And they have superior fries to any other fast food place ever. Absolutely nothing in this episode is sponsored by any company, especially checkers. I'm just saying checkers fries are superior. They, I I don't know exactly what they do, but I want to say I think they batter their fries and the batter has like salt and pepper and like seasonings and stuff mixed into it. And then they deep fry them. They better be protecting that like it's the damn Krabby Patty formula. <laughs> I'm, like Seriously, it's but There's... also I kind of hope other people do it. So maybe I could have it up here, but yes. it's so but... delicious. Because of the way that they make them, not only are they like, absolutely, the flavor is phenomenal. Like I can eat checkers fries on my own or on their own. I should say I can eat checkers fries on their own. I don't need to have a burger with it. I can just have the fries. I actually had their fry burger, which is a burger where they put the fries on it for you. It's amazing. But uh, these fries, because of the way that they're cooked, they're already amazing anyway, but the inside is nice and soft and the outside is nice and crispy. And it's the perfect combination. Like delicately crispy, not like thick, crispy, thin, crispy, thin, crispy, or flaky, crispy, beautiful, crispy. Yes. Oh, this Best fry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But obviously, if you couldn't tell by by how we're reacting, um, there aren't any checkers in Connecticut. So. Oh. We went there at least like three or four times while we were there. At least. Probably more than that. Like there oh, were then, times then, when you would go through and I'd be like, I'm going to order the food because I know as soon as I have a single French fry, my appetite will be reinvigorated. I'm going to down this entire meal. Yes. That's exactly. And then, okay, the, the, you know, I talked about the fries, but the food that Becky's talking about that's amazing too is they have chicken strips that are also battered in this in the fry batter and they're amazing so it's it's checkers the okay the one thing that I didn't like about checkers though checkers oh my god they have they have drive-through speakers now this this was not the norm when I lived in Florida okay we just live in a weird dystopian future now where the speakers at not all because we went to one that was fine but some of the checkers have a speaker box that is an automated system that does voice recognition so it was horrible it was like a robot as you would come up to the speaker that would be like hi thank you for coming to checkers what would you like to order today and then you would say the thing back and it'd be like okay so i got one blah 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 like it, it was creepy and then the worst part though is that you know, in theory, you'd think that that would work. But, you know, first of all, it's taking people's jobs, but that's a separate thing. But then in practice, what happened was we placed our whole order with this robot and then we got up to the window. And even though we had ordered some things up at the thing, they're like, yeah, that's not available. Do you want something else? Yeah. It defeats the whole purpose. But it was so creepy and I hated it every time because I was driving every time because I was the one that got the rental car. So I was the one that was talking to the speaker and I was like, I don't, nope, I don't like this. I don't want to be doing this right now. I would just want to talk to a human in this case, which is surprising because I don't always want to talk to humans, but. But I when it comes to our food, robot. we're both so picky about our food. We want to know that our food is going to make it to us correctly. Speak for yourself. We're not that, I'm not that picky, but. When we're hungry, we want to make sure that our food is get like, if, 
I have a feeling if you were in a hunger spiral and you got your food and it was incorrect, it probably wouldn't go over so well. So having a human to clarify that they got the order right and we can get what we would like is just, it was very reassuring. I did like that you could ask the robot to repeat your order back to you, yes. which Lacey taught us because Lacey has apparently used those weird, those weird speaker things before. So Lacey, like Lacey was the pro with it, but I liked that it would repeat the order back and it would just, you know, repeat it like bam, 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 instead of being a human that, that didn't fully understand what they had written down or something like that. But at the end of the day, I prefer the human. Yeah. I, sure. I definitely prefer the human. It just, it felt like a way to, to save some money and not pay somebody. Yeah. But I missed checkers. I missed Cuban sandwiches because Cuban I sandwiches. Food. I, you know. Food. Yes. I live, so like, I know there's good food in Connecticut, but I live in a tiny little corner that has virtually nothing. And so to be able to order Indian food and Colombian food and stuff was incredible especially the colombian food that was so good and the indian food was incredible i just i miss having variety in my food our town has one mcdonald's and two dunkin donuts like (laughs) i wouldn't mind some variety that's fair that's absolutely fair i because like i i definitely live closer to the variety food where i am in connecticut but even though i have variety you can't get a good cuban sandwich in connecticut because okay this this is this is this is the way all right this is the way (laughs) cuban sandwich cuban sandwich number one most importantly you need fucking cuban bread these fuckers try to use french bread a baguette is not cuban bread it's not the same thing but you need cuban bread which i know is probably hard to come by in in connecticut because there's not a large cuban population it is what it is cuban bread you need to have it's roasted pork (laughs) <laughs> sorry sorry the caption said human bread <laughs> <laughs> human bread human bread <laughs> so you need to have roasted pork you need to have ham you need to have swiss cheese dill pickles which you wouldn't think i would have to specify but i have been given a cuban with sweet with bread and butter pickles Mm-mm. I hate it was it was real i love bread and butter pickles but not on a fucking cuban that was nasty and then you also have to have so you have to have dill pickles you also have to have it's non-negotiable right you have to have yellow mustard not spicy mustard not honey mustard yellow mustard and mayonnaise these all go on the sandwich and then you have to press it after putting butter on the bread butter on the bread and then you press that is a Cuban fucking sandwich, okay? The the I have documented some of the Cubans that I've gotten from the Cubans that I've gotten in Connecticut. And I'm like, this is not a Cubano. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you thought this was. This is not a Cubano. <laughs> <laughs> because I am from Florida, but I am from Tampa, and Ybor City is, I believe, where the Cuban sandwich originated. So I've had some good fucking Cuban sandwiches. <laughs> So I miss them. I miss them. Well, being miss- in Florida is nice because even the ones from the grocery store were delicious. Oh, absolutely. That- those were so they- good. They Cuban bread. <laughs> and normally those, the things that are on it are things that I would not like to be on a sandwich. Like most of that sounds horrific to me, but I love Cuban sandwiches. They're delicious. On a Cuban sandwich, it's perfect. 
Those, those are the flavors. Yep. I usually don't like mustard, don't like mayonnaise, don't usually like pickles on my sandwich. I like them separate, but nope, I love Cuban sandwiches. I eat like two of those damn things, maybe yeah. even three. They were yummy. I, I had several and I had Cubans on two separate occasions because my mom and I went out for Cubans. Oh, that's at an awesome. Cuban restaurant. And we also had, uh, uh, what was it? Ham croquettes or ham croquettes, something. I, I don't remember how to say it, but uh, it's like, Deep fried ham balls, but trust me, they're good. <laughs> it's it's Cuban food. You made it sounds so appetizing. Okay, here's here's how, regardless of how I described it, here's how you know it was delicious, right? It is Cuban food in a Cuban restaurant, and the man that served us had the heaviest Cuban accent I have ever heard in my life. <laughs> and it was it was amazing food. Only other thing that I mostly missed about Florida was people not panicking when they drive in the rain. Yeah. Because in Connecticut, the second you get a downpour, everyone turns their hazards on, which for the record is legal because you're only supposed to have your hazards on when you're stopped. Not when you are moving. It is a moving violation, but I, I'll, that's one of the, I'll die on this hill. I don't care. But, but people will turn their hazards on. They'll go really slow. They don't know how to drive in the rain in Connecticut. In Florida, we were in torrential. I was driving in like downpours so torrential that if that had happened in Connecticut, accidents, accidents everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. There would have been a Florida, string of them. Florida, Not everybody's driving like it's nothing. I didn't see a single person with their hazards on in the rain, which is how it's supposed to be. All right. So yeah, so overall, um, our like final thoughts about this episode you know we we had already we weren't sure when we were going to record episode three we have had a lot going on recently um obviously i've i've been slacking on episode two because it's just i've had so much going on so i haven't really posted a whole lot from that aside from the actual podcast episode itself um so you know i, I did want to get some of that stuff done before we did episode three but then becky and i have just been having so many conversations about Florida and our thoughts about Florida and basically everything that we discussed in this episode. And eventually at one point I was like, you know what, let's just stop talking about this and let's do a podcast episode on it because it's stuff that we both feel like people need to hear because it's a perspective that isn't really being talked about in the media right now. Um, yeah. You know, we're, we're two left-leaning queer people who have spent some time living in Florida and you know, I for me, I still have one foot in Florida because I still have family and friends down there. It's not like Florida is just my past and it's gone forever and I don't have to worry about it anymore. I have loved ones down there. And that's what's not really being addressed. In, in the media, you're either seeing people supporting what's happening in Florida or completely against it and saying, fuck Florida, don't go there, don't, don't support it, don't do anything. Yeah. We're not going to just abandon the people that we care about because they happen to be in a shitty state. Yeah. We're in, you know, we're not going to go out of our way to, to support that state either, but yeah. at, at the same time, there are businesses that are owned by queer people for queer people. A lot of times that do still exist down there. And if we say you can't, support anything in florida their go their businesses are going to fail and and they're not going to have anything anymore and 
that just breaks my heart. Like knowing, <laughs> knowing that these places that I grew up with, I don't know if they're going to survive because they are pretty openly supportive of the queer community. Actually, you know what? I do. I want to plug a couple of places too. So La France, it's like L-A space F-R-A-N-C-E, La France. Um, they don't really have a, a website website. They do have a Facebook, but they you can go check them out there. Uh, it's La France Ybor, Y-B-O-R. And then soundexchangetampabay.com. So sound exchange is one of those things that like we can support them from afar luckily but you can't do that for all of these businesses but you can go to soundexchangetampabay.com um you know i've i've been a huge fan of them for a very long time they've always been one of my safe havens and i have some really awesome photos from my visit there that i'm going to post as well um i can't wait to see those um i will certainly be posting some of those to instagram and facebook so keep an eye out for those um i have a lot of pictures of La France. So definitely look out for those because those turned out amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep an eye out for that. Regarding the podcast itself, uh, if you have not listened to any previous episodes, this is the Anything But Appliances podcast. So our tagline is we are two best friends talking about anything and everything except appliances. <laughs> Because I am an appliance repair tech, but I don't want to talk about that all of the time. Um, so yeah, you can actually find our podcast mostly on Spotify, but pretty much wherever podcasts are available. And if you listen to podcasts and <laughs> the eyebrows, <laughs> if you listen to podcasts in a place that our podcast is not available, you can email anything but appliances at gmail.com. I think that's our email right you made it sure <laughs> so yeah, you can email sure. and if if that's not correct you can check our website which i know for a fact is www.anythingbutappliances.com and it'll have our correct email on there but you can uh, you can certainly shoot us an email if you have any questions for us regarding the show as long as it has nothing to do with appliances and you can request us to stream the podcast elsewhere if there's another place that we can you know, get our RSS feed thing. I don't actually know how most of this shit works. I'm learning on the go. So if you got a place that you want us to have the podcast posted and it's not posted there yet, just send us an email. That's what I'm trying to say. We'll see what we can do. Exactly. And by we, I mean Renee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the tech one. I'm, I, I, I know even less about this. I know some. I know enough so far. So far, I know enough. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, but you can also follow us on TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook. Pretty much everything is at anything but appliances or at anything but appliances podcast. Um, but yeah, that has been episode three, our our special Florida episode. My name is Renee. My name's Bex. And this is the Anything But Appliances Podcast. We'll see Thanks you in episode. Bye.